We'll go uh, first question will be Jim McBride. Yep. Jim, uh, just real quick, um, obviously just condolences to uh, Mike Zimmer and his family. Uh, you know, we just kind of heard the news and uh, obviously extremely um, tragic situation. So just, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with, uh, with he and his family. Yeah, horrible for sure. Um, Matt, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, trade deadline day, which I know is very stressful for the players and, you know, maybe they don't want to see their phone buzz today. Uh, I'm just wondering what, what kind of emotions is it, is it like for a coach to go through, like you might be, you know, planning to, to have a player for the long haul and then player X is gone and just kind of the emotions that you guys go through on these days too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for us in the NFL, um, certainly um, I think guys that have been around here long enough understand that uh, I think every day for us, you know, the roster is always being looked at and we're trying to always improve and get better and uh, opportunities come up for guys, whether it's, um, you know, from the practice squad or to the active roster or whatever that is from that standpoint. So uh, it's kind of weird to say like this is a, a deadline for the trades, you know, things like that from uh, from our standpoint, because I think we're always trying to get better and, and guys compete every single day for, um, you know, for that opportunity to be here and, and to participate. So I think that doesn't really change for us uh, from that mentality. Um, certainly as, you know, like being a head coach, I think it was a little bit different, you know, certainly when I was, uh, you know, when I was a head coach, you're looking at um, maybe some different things that that roll into that. But um, as, a, as an assistant coach, I think none of that really kind of affects you from that standpoint. You know, you just uh, go out there every single day and and obviously just try to coach and, and do the best you can to help the players prepare to, you know, go win. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. All right, next question, Evan Lazar, followed by Bob Sosa. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Good, Evan, how you doing? I'm doing well. I had a two-parter for you, if you don't mind. Uh, number one, uh, Mac uh, didn't throw the ball down the field nearly as much on Sunday as maybe we had seen in the first three starts that he had of the year. Um, is that something the Jets defense was doing against you or something that you guys kind of emphasize moving forward? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously we play the Jets coming up here pretty soon, so I'm going to be careful on some of these questions. Uh, but um, they they have a very, very good defense. Uh, they've done a really a phenomenal job this year of not giving up big plays and putting their coverage in a certain position where um, some of those things become difficult to be able to do. And, and certainly uh, being down there, being in their stadium where it was extremely loud, the fans were, um, you know, it was hard to hear and communicate. And some of those things that we do are um, some – line of scrimmage communication things maybe sometimes that we see that we're able to adjust. Uh, we just, you know, want to make sure that we are careful with those situations because they've done such a good job of preventing those. Got it. And second one, uh, what's it been like building out the RPO package? Uh, I saw a bunch of them on Sunday and uh, I always think they're cool plays. And I think Max said the same thing a couple of weeks ago as well. So what's it just been like uh, to go about building that out? And that that's something that started in the spring and, and kind of where the influences were for that. Yeah, um, it's that's a really good question. Uh, definitely, I think you know as you look at different maybe uh, offensive trends and things that are um, are in the league or in college football or or obviously a lot of things that our guys are familiar with um, being young and right out of college. You know, in that situation that they've had a lot of success for and and have uh, been positive plays for them. So uh, you certainly want to you know see what maybe applies, what doesn't apply, and um, you'll build those things over time. You know, it's, I think those type of plays, you don't just kind of throw in at the last minute. Um, there's things that maybe you're working on kind of in the background from that standpoint. And, um, they came up, but there's a lot of plays that have different sort of, whether it's the RPO catchphrase, the run pass option, or, um, different plays that maybe have different sort of run pass looks based on what you're seeing across the ball. So, uh, those common kind of combination plays are pretty common. Um, you know, it's just a little bit more of maybe the college feel as far as maybe what you're referencing that you saw the other day. That's all. Got it. Thank you. You're welcome. Next question, Bob Sosi, followed by Chris Ryan. 
Right. Thanks, Dave. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Bob. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing well, Matt. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, some comments Joe made expounding on Mac's decision making uh, from Sunday, you know, relative not only to down and distance and field position, but also the situation as it related to the score and the way the defense was playing. And you guys have always put such an emphasis on situational football. I I'm, I'm curious what your impression of Mac has been working with him now and in terms of his situational awareness and what you thought of it on Sunday against the Jets. Yeah, um, really, really good kind of topic conversation, especially for quarterbacks. You know, they have to be extremely situationally aware. You know, they're out there managing the game, you know, and the clock and the personnel and the formations and what the defense is trying to do against them and the down and distance, all of that, you know, goes into play. Um, and Mac does a great job of kind of comprehending all of that, trying to, you know, put it in a blender and, and be able to understand all of it in, in an instant because, you know, that play clock is ticking uh, as you're going. So you may only have about, you know, nine seconds or so to kind of sort that all out. Uh, and there's a lot of things that go into that, too. You know, you're trying to orchestrate um, not only the play call, the receivers, the skill players, but the offensive line, communicate with the center um, in a hostile environment, in a, in a stadium down in New York where uh, against the Jets where, you know, you have to identify certain defenders, you know, whether it's the uh, the linebackers and who's in what position, whether it's a salmon Mike and a Will, or if it's a sub-defensive look that maybe um, presents like a base defensive look, things like that that you have to try to recognize so that everyone's on the same page. Um, and he puts a lot of effort and time into studying those looks understanding, um, you know, kind of the different configurations and then making sure that we communicate that out. So that was really tough this past weekend. Um, you know, they do a really good job with some of the things that they um, do and then also did within the game that maybe were a little bit different from that aspect of it that we had to kind of decipher as we went through and make some adjustments. And, and I think he had to kind of adjust to some of that as we did on the sideline. I thought he did a really good job getting out on the field um, in that nine seconds, trying to figure that all out and get it communicated. And very quickly, how much is it complicated when they're moving pieces, different guys who are in and out of that offensive yeah. line? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, you know, the the blessing obviously we have is with, with James, who's, uh, you know, played center and is a great communicator who's been around here a long time. Um, he does a, a phenomenal job with that, just like David does. Um, but those pieces do play into effect, you know, and how many guys that you're working with up front and some of the different pieces that go for, for the center, you know, just for him, you know, having to communicate to the other four. Um, in those situations are sometimes five if we're having extra offensive linemen out there and working with the tight end. So um, all of those things go into effect and all of those things, you know, you're fighting against the clock. So the quicker that we get it out from uh, one position, it goes to the next position and it kind of trickles down and, and all of those things factor into that, especially when you're playing on the road. So, uh, you know, it was it was a good job of that. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. Uh, we're running behind schedule, so I'm going to limit these last four questions to just a single question. Uh, no follow-ups, please. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Hey, Matt. How are you? Good, Chris. How are we doing? Good. Kind of building on that topic, obviously, you guys are liking what you're seeing from Mac pre-snap, his identification, and the work that he puts into that. But how about post-snap in terms of the time that it takes for plays to develop and also the decision-making process? Are you where you want to be with him in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I think he's done a really good job of, um, you know, trying to see everything that's going on in the field. And I think that as we go through the season, uh, fronts and coverages will change, you know, and and, and teams will uh, change how they play against us from week to week and, and game plan a little bit more from a standpoint of they have enough film now to kind of see who our players are, how we're using them, uh, maybe some of the different attack points that we've had offensively. And, and now they're going to adjust and they're going to, you know, uh, compensate for that. And now we have to kind of react and adjust and go uh, the opposite direction. And I think for, for him to be able to step in last week and, you know, get into his first full game back uh, into the speed of which 
the Jets play, um, which will be very similar to the Colts. The Colts are an extremely fast, aggressive defense. Um, these guys fly around. They do a great job with the disguise and, and really um, put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So um, it was good to see that. And we're going to have to build on that as we go forward. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, ben Volan, followed by Tom Kern. Hey, Matt. <clears throat> um, I know how yeah. much... I know how much emphasis you guys put on ball security. So how much are you bothered by the turnovers and what can be done by it this year? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think definitely we, we put a huge emphasis on, on ball security. And I think that's everybody, you know, it's everybody on offense, anyone that touches the ball, anyone that's uh, on that side of the ball, we all take ownership in that and something that uh, we work on every single day. I think the situations um, are different. You know, it's not always the same exact um, thing that happens all the time. And, and certainly, um, you know, all of the situations on those plays come into effect and we got to improve those, work on those, put uh, those situations in practice as much as we can to get everybody comfortable and, and really just try to limit the amount of opportunities that, um, you know, the defense has to attack the ball like that. So um, from our standpoint, we, we work on it every day. Um, I think as the season goes on, it's something that we're obviously keeping an eye on to make sure we're improving on and getting better at uh, as we go forward. And, and that's got to be our focus every day. Absolutely. Uh, last two questions, Tom Kern and Dakota Randall. Hey, Matt. Hey, Tom. Um, how are we doing? Good, man. I know that when you guys talk, it's red zone efficiency, third down, and turnovers. And, and right now, you guys, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, 29th in red zone scoring, 16 turnovers so far, and um, 17th in overall in, in third down. Yeah. Do you guys have a grip on the why of it? Like, first step is admitting there's a problem. <laughs> Or do you say, hey, we're a victim of circumstance here. We're better than that. Where, where do you fall when you're trying to define, okay, what are the problems and do we know how to fix them? Are you there yet? Yeah, um, I think that's all, you know, part of the conversation, 100%. You got to, first of all, hey, what identify what's the issue? What have we been doing that's causing us not to, um, you know, continue our drives in the red area? What are the problems that have um, gotten us off the field on third down? You know, or it may even happen within the game, right? So certainly the other day, uh, really good on third down to start the game. Uh, had some really tough situations. On, it was like third and 10, third and long. It just kept seeming like we were in really long yardage situations. Um, you know, came on the second half. We made some adjustments on early downs. Um, which were really good. And then on third down, you know, we we kind of got stuck, obviously, in a couple of those situations. So uh, being able to understand the why behind that going at, back and fixing it, um, you know, it's kind of unique this year. I would say we're, we have a lot of long drives this year. We have some 14-play drives, 11-play drives. And a lot of those drives, we don't even have a third down in the drive, which is pretty amazing from that aspect of it. So um, just making sure that we're constantly staying on top of the situations that occur on third down so that we can then go fix them and improve them and coach them better and obviously go execute them better. And that's what it's got to come down to. We just got to be better um, with those situations. And certainly the, the things that um, we do that self-inflict us that cause us to be in longer yardage situations or let's call it statistically um, harder situations to convert are, are the ones that we have to avoid, you know, and that's that's where the emphasis has to be. You're welcome. Thanks. And last question to Corrano. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Good, how we doing? Good. Um, just, you've been around the game a while. How impressive is Ramondre Stevenson to you with his all-around skill set? And just, you know, how much has he improved in some of those other areas as a blocker, as a receiver? Yeah, you know, he's he's been um, fun to watch coming in as obviously a, a rookie, you know, last year and and seeing his development and growth over the last year and um, just his, his maturation, you know, to see him kind of just understand um, the NFL game and how different it was in college and for him to kind of embrace some of the things that we're asking him to do and grow and learn. 
Um, and one of the things that he does a really good job of is um, he he sees the look and maybe it's the first time he's seen the look, but after that, uh, I think he really understands what it is. And so the next time it comes up, I think he does a really good job of recognize it in that moment and being able to understand maybe the coaching points that we've put together for him to uh, handle that situation better. And I think that's the biggest thing for him and his development that he's been able to do is, you know, see it for the first time, understand what it is maybe, um, you know, correct it or, or just be able to recognize it. So the second time it comes up or the third time it comes up, uh, we can respond better or, you know, uh, to whatever we're trying to do in that in that situation. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Thanks. Have a great day.